my friends, and welcome to this special presentation from very high above all other puerile and pedantic forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. We all kind of assume that the University of Wyoming is a pretty liberal place. Most universities are. But for most of us, the only thing we really know about UW is go Pokes, let's go to War Memorial Stadium, and maybe we can catch a basketball game every now and again. We don't really pay all that much attention to what's happening in academics there, or what the university calls academics. And quite frankly, we should be, my friends. We should be very concerned about what's been happening at our state's only land-grant university. The original intent of the University of Wyoming was to be more agricultural-based, hence the whole land-grant thing, to focus on science and academics. The university does have one of the better law schools in this part of the United States, to its credit. However, the new administration at the university has changed the course and direction of our state's only four-year institution. You'll never guess which direction they've decided to go. They've also been sponsoring drag shows and demonstrations on how to go about doing that. A few weeks ago, I sent out a couple of undercover journalists to attend events across the Cowboy State. One of them went to an event at the University of Wyoming, held on April 13th. The video that was recorded by my undercover journalist can only be described as absolutely shocking. It's absolutely amazing what people will say when they're comfortable and they don't think that they're being recorded. This morning, I'm going to show you exactly that. I'm also going to tell you about how the university has decided to change course and go in an entirely different direction. Though, given what's been going on in our world, it won't be all that surprising. It just so happens I have the documents to prove it. But before I do any of that, a quick profit timeout. This portion of today's broadcast is brought to you by New Trend Hats. They're a Wyoming-based company, and they have a wide selection of hats for both men and women. They make those really cool hats with a ponytail hole in the back. So if you need a new hat, and I think that you probably do, go to NewTrendHats.com and see all of them that they have to offer. That's New Trend Hats. Much of what we're going to be discussing this morning is a little hard to understand unless you can see it for yourself. So I've put together a companion video to go along with this episode. You can find the link to the YouTube video in the episode description, and I've also posted a link to it at CowboyStatePolitics.com. Don't get too used to this video episode thing. It's just in this particular case, it's kind of hard to talk about all this unless you can see it. Also, I need to warn you, a lot of what is contained in this episode is not suitable for children. There's some pretty rough language, and normally I would never play it on the program, but this concerns our university, and you need to see and hear exactly what they're doing and what they're spending your tax dollars on. Perhaps more importantly than any of it, you need to be able to see what they've done with the tuition money that you sent them so that your grandchildren could go to school at the same university that you attended. You need to be able to see what that university has turned into. So get the kids out of the room and I'll show you what I've found. 
On April 13th, in the Education Auditorium at the University of Wyoming, on campus, an event was held that was essentially a drag show. It was broken up into three parts. There was the actual drag show in which two performers uh, danced around on stage and then hopped down in the audience. At one point, one of the performers was crawling on their hands and knees between the aisles. It was an overt sexual display that had nothing to do with education. Now, perhaps we might be able to argue if this whole thing was sponsored by the, say, the theater department, that parts of it would be acceptable, but it wasn't. This whole entire event was sponsored by the Multicultural Affairs Department. There was even a university administrator present during the event. His name is Tyler Wolfgang. He's the project coordinator for gender and sexuality at the University of Wyoming. I didn't even know that we needed an administrator with that title, but evidently we have one. We'll get to him a little bit later in the program. But he was there, and he witnessed everything that you're about to hear. After the quote-unquote performance, there was a training session, and then a question-and-answer period followed. In this first soundbite, one of the presenters is explaining some of the uh, attributes that one would need to participate in this style of drag show. Remember what I said about getting the kids out of the room. Women, if you have titties, that is another step. You used to go by, ooh, ooh, like women, you have a pussy. No. Use that. Oh, oh, you want to like. That was the advice that the presenter had for the women. Here's what they had to say for all the men in the room. Remember, the boys are going to be girls. So, like, the boys, if you, got, if you don't got no titties, no hair, no pussy, you better pretend you didn't do that day. Better get up. Girl, That's what makes your performance exciting. That's what makes your performance exciting. And this is what counts for education at the University of Wyoming. Now, don't forget, this whole thing is being held on campus in the Education Auditorium which means that you've paid for it, and it was absolutely sanctioned by the university. In the last soundbite, we heard of some physical attributes that a performer in a drag show needs to have. In this next one, the other presenter discusses some of the language that needs to be used during your performance. If you want to learn the bulk of language, like the commentator, like pussy, 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 pussy. Yeah, we say pussy a lot in ballroom. <laughs> pussy and cunt, especially when it comes to bogey. That's why you hear me saying it like, I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> and again, they laugh. None of this behavior would be acceptable anywhere else. And if it were in any other circumstance, you'd be called a misogynist and a bigot for even uttering words like this. But because it's at a drag show, apparently it's acceptable. A drag show that was sponsored by the university. Not to belabor the point here, but I don't want you to go away from this episode thinking that, well, maybe this was just an isolated circumstance, an excited utterance during the entire performance. Here's one more piece. They told you about the attributes that a person needs to have to engage in this style of drag show. And they talked about the language that you need to use during your performance. Here's how they suggest you act. And the gag is, the VP gave you, is very fast. It might give you a VP that goes, work this pussy, class. Work this pussy, class. That's what you have. You want to always be like, you want to feel it. 
you must still be, you feel it. Sometimes it's a comfort set. Like you say, oh, I feel like a woman. You might, oh, oh, I feel like a woman. Oh, I feel on my heel. Oh, pussy, 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 pussy. Boom, pussy, 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 cat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. One of the common defenses of drag shows is that they're not about sex. They're not sexual at all. They're art. I think it's pretty clear from the three sound bites that I played for you that at least these two performers in the drag show very much think that it's about sex. That's their entire performance. The language they're using makes that very, very clear. There's a great article by Christopher Rufo that was published in the City Journal entitled The Real Story Behind Drag Queen Story Hour. It's aimed at children. The phenomenon is far more subversive than its defenders claim. Quote, The drag queen might appear as a comic figure, but he carries an utterly serious message. The deconstruction of sex, the reconstruction of child sexuality, and the subversion of middle-class family life. The ideology that drives this movement was born in the sex dungeons of San Francisco and incubated in the academy. It is now being transmitted with official state support in a number of public libraries and schools across the United States. To understand where drag shows came from and why people are so focused on them, you have to go back to the ideology that started them. Now, most wacky ideas start at a university. Almost all of them do. This one in particular began in a 1990 book by Judith Butler entitled Gender Trouble. But Butler's work is what most of what's called queer theory is based on. And believe it or not, we have a whole program at the University of Wyoming entitled Gender Studies that focuses on this very thing. But in Rufo's article, he summarizes Butler's main argument, quote, Western society has created a regime of compulsory heterosexuality and fallow geocentrism, which has sought to enforce a singular unitary notion of sex that crushes and obscures the true complexity and variation of biological sex, gender identity, sexual orientation, and human desire. Butler argues that even the word woman, though it relates to a biological reality, is a social construction and cannot be defined with any stable meaning or characterization. There is nothing essential about man, woman, or sex. They are all created and recreated through historically contingent human culture, or, as Butler puts it, they are all defined through their performance, which can change, shift, and adapt across space and time. End quote. So, in other words... The purpose of a drag show is to break down our ideas of sex and gender. And where do those come from? From the traditional family unit. And if you can break that down, then you can convince somebody to engage in all kinds of sexual behavior. So then the only question we have left is, why do they insist on having drag shows at schools and having drag queen story hours at libraries? because they all involve young adults, and in the case of Story Hour, children. In other words, recruitment. In this last soundbite that I'm going to play for you, the presenter at the drag show that was held at the University of Wyoming in the Education Auditorium pretty much says as much. And if you've forgotten, remember what I said about getting the kids out of the room. The audio on this one isn't nearly as good as the rest of them, but I need you to hear it for the first time and then I'll explain it. Someone in the crowd had asked what their favorite part of a drag show is. Now, of course, whomever asked the question didn't call it a drag show. 
They called it Ballroom, but it's a drag show. Here's that sound bite. Um, Ballroom-wise, I would say my kids. My kid, I love meeting new kids and like their energy and like my element. <laughs> oh, it was really hard to hear, but what was said in that sound bite was her favorite part is meeting new kids and their new energy. And then you hear someone in the background say, F the kids. Here it is again. Um, Ballroom-wise, I would say my kids. My, I love meeting new kids and like their energy and like my <laughs> And then they laughed again. Though it's hard to pick out, when you listen to it, it's pretty clear what was said. F the kids. That's pretty shocking for anybody to hear. And it was said at an event sponsored by the University of Wyoming. Now here's where that UW administrator comes in, Tyler Wolfgang. As I told you, he was present during the entire event. He even participated in it. In the YouTube video, which again, there's a link at cowboystatepolitics.com and in the, in the episode description on Podbean. This UW administrator can be seen dancing during the instruction period of this whole drag show. At one point, he's kind of writhing around on the floor. Anyway, it's clear from the video that he heard F the kids loud and clear. Also in the video, you can see him turning in the direction of whomever said that, and he smiles. It's just sick. But my point here is that any UW administrator should know that what was going on during this event was entirely inappropriate, and certainly that last soundbite was. He does nothing to stop it. He doesn't intervene. He doesn't correct the presenters. He doesn't tell his, his students, his students who were at the event, that that was not appropriate and that was not sponsored by the university either. He doesn't do any of those things. In fact, it's clear from the video that he's enjoying the entire event. He should absolutely be fired. And there should be an investigation into the Multicultural Affairs Department, the Gender Studies Program, and obviously the Office of the Director or Program Coordinator for Gender and Sexuality at the University of Wyoming. This entire thing is just shocking. And that I had to send an undercover journalist to the University of Wyoming to uncover it makes it even worse. In general, there could absolutely be nothing more misogynistic than a drag show. It's men dressing up as women, behaving in a way that I have never seen a single woman in my entire lifetime act, telling women at a university training that this is how they're supposed to act. This is absolutely no different than a black-faced minstrel show. I don't quite know the exact words to describe what is going on at the university and in all drag shows for that matter, but it is very clearly woman face. And that brings up another point. Where are all the women's rights activists? Why is nobody standing up at the university and saying that this is wrong? I know that I'm kind of old, and it was 20 years ago when I went to college, but if this sort of thing was happening on our university campus, there would almost be a riot. Why isn't that happening right now? How dare you tell women that this is how they're supposed to act? And how dare you teach other people that this is how women act? Specifically men. How misogynistic is that? You're telling men that this is how women act and that they're supposed to act accordingly. This is a train wreck horror show. But unfortunately, 
This is not a one-off at the University of Wyoming, my friends. This goes all the way up to the President's office and the Board of Trustees, and I have the documents to prove it. And I'm going to tell you about them after the break. Cowboy State Politics is sponsored by Morton Buildings. If you're in the market for an outbuilding or a garage or a barn or a roping arena or maybe a giant warehouse, then you need to call my friends Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings. Their phone number is 307-674-2532. They're the experts in metal building construction, and they've been doing it longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do it better than anybody else. So it doesn't really matter what type of building you've been thinking about. Give Nick and Jesse a call, and they'll handle all the details. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. It's Wednesday, so that means it's Gun of the Week time from Gunrunner Auctions. The Gun of the Week is lot number 37. It's a Colt Python 357 with a 6-inch barrel. It was manufactured in 2022, and it's brand new in the box. The revived snake gun in all its glory, just like the earlier production with a 6-inch vent rib barrel. It's stainless construction, beefed up a little bit more, and it's got adjustable sights. It's got dark walnut monogram grips, and it's in the factory blue box with the manual and all the paperwork. You buy this gun, you can be just like Rick off of The Walking Dead, though hopefully you don't end up like he did. It's a beautiful weapon, and it can be yours. It's lot number 37 at thegunrunner.com. Cowboy State Politics is one of the only conservative news sources in the state of Wyoming. And if you'd like to sponsor the program, shoot me an email. The address is david at cowboystatepolitics.com. You can listen to the podcast on any of your favorite podcasting apps. iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, really any of them will work. But the easiest way is just to go to the website, cowboystatepolitics.com. There you can find all of the shows as well as any of the articles that I might bring up during the course of a program. If you're one of these guys that tries to tell the legislature that the university isn't doing anything wrong, well, maybe you should go to cowboystatepolitics.com and see that you've all been exposed before you open your little mouths. And now, back to exposing the University of Wyoming. None of this stuff, drag shows or otherwise, happen in a vacuum. You don't get to the point where you've got people on a stage saying F the kids and a university administrator present and they do nothing about it without there being some influence from the top, the administration of the university. On May 3rd, Leo Wolfson published an interview with UW President Ed Seidel. It was entitled, As scrutiny grows, UW President Seidel defends the school's gender studies program. Had he known that this episode was coming, I'm sure he would have said a few things differently. But anyway, and I quote, 
The University of Wyoming has become a target for many conservatives in Wyoming with claims the university is embracing and promoting woke culture and curricula, as well as LGBTQ-friendly policies. UW President Ed Seidel told Cowboy State Daily on Tuesday afternoon that although he doesn't relish the attention, he's glad the university is on people's minds and finds the pushback healthy. It's kind of a sign of our times, he said, adding that politically in the Cowboy State, there's a lot of polarization, end quote. You bet there is, Ed, especially with the programs that you've been sponsoring at the University of Wyoming. If you scroll down into the meat of the article, it says, and I quote, Although the University of Wyoming is a land-grant institution, which means it typically places a larger focus on agriculture and technical education, Seidel said it also has a more broad responsibility to teach a wide spectrum of educational issues because it's the only university and major four-year school in the state. Quote, we're a university that really has to offer everything, he said. That's because students have no other opportunity, and at least they go to a university in the state of Wyoming, end quote. It's interesting that Seidel would bring up this whole land-grant university thing, because he's been doing exactly the opposite. I'll explain here in just a second. Quote, the truth doesn't have a political party, Seidel said. We want to go straight forward in any direction that knowledge wants to take us. He cited the school's 2023 strategic plan, which was created with input from hundreds of stakeholders over the course of many meetings to help guide the curricula taught at the school. End quote. The truth doesn't have a political party. You know, I'm really happy that he brought that whole issue up because I'm sure he's going to be absolutely ecstatic with the truth of this episode. And since he mentioned that 2023 strategic plan, if you go to the University of Wyoming's website and look it up, it really doesn't tell you anything at all about how they're going to approach curricula or programs they're going to teach. It's pretty general in nature. So it's kind of convenient that Cowboy State Politics has obtained some of the documents that were used to craft the 2023 strategic plan for the University of Wyoming. Let's just say there's a few more details that President Seidel left out. The first document I have is called the University of Wyoming Inclusivity Pillar. And the one I'm reading from is a draft that was printed on April 16th of 2021. Now, admittedly, that's a few years ago, uh, but they've been working on this strategic plan for quite a while. There's been several iterations of this inclusivity pillar. This just happens to be the one that I, that I got my hands on. If you open to page one, it says, and I quote, The goal at UW is to embrace our history while engaging in a cultural shift embraced by the Board of Trustees, President, Deans, Vice Presidents, and Associate Vice Presidents, resulting in a transformation of a dramatic cultural shift. Anytime you hear those words, transformation and cultural shift, you should get worried. The report says that one of the reasons why they used this inclusivity pillar is the persistence of inequality in access to education based on gender, gender identity, expression, race, and ethnicity. So clearly, the leadership of the university is attempting to change the entire course of the University of Wyoming with more emphasis on gender, gender identity, and gender expression, whatever those things are. Now, here's the important part, and you kind of have to sift through the educational babble, but here's what it says. Quote, 
Achieving the goals noted here require us to permanently change many of the ways that we think about how we have conducted research, scholarship, education, community engagement, professional development, and the ways we generally conduct business. We cannot make lasting systemic and structural change without actually changing systems and structures. End quote. The key words in this is permanent, systemic, and structural change. Now, right below the section that I just read to you, it says, quote, Goal 1, institutional climate and inclusion of all people. Address and eliminate systemic structural discrimination, subordination, and the inequality at the University of Wyoming in both short and long term that support a thriving environment of inclusion and safety, end quote. So what exactly is the systemic and structural discrimination, subordination, and inequality that exists at the University of Wyoming? There's nothing in this report that actually points to anything specific. It just states that structural discrimination exists. This whole thing is really is fascinating, my friends, and as irritating as it is, you should go through and read this document. It mentions the word diversity, equity, and inclusion about a hundred times. One more quotation from this inclusivity pillar. Now, this one ought to make your blood boil. So this is directly below the section that I just finished telling you. Quote, Dr. Kenneth Montero, president of the American Association of Blacks in Higher Education, stated, quote, If you squeeze an institution, it goes back to what it knows. What it knows best is how to educate affluent white people. So it cancels things like equal opportunity programs. It cancels the multilingual program. It cancels the LGBTQ alliance funding. It cancels the things that it sees as less normative. Not to be mean. End quote. Have any of those things happened at the University of Wyoming? Have we canceled multilingual programs? Are we just focusing on educating affluent white people? You see, none of these things exist at the University of Wyoming. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't people there that really want those things to happen, but it's not happening at a structural level. This entire report merely asserts that these things are happening at our university, and then it develops some sort of radical plan to fix all of the things that aren't really there. What I just read to you is one of the documents that was used to craft the 2023 University of Wyoming Strategic Plan. And if you go look it up on the website, you'll notice that it doesn't have any of these things in there explicitly. The only thing that it really says is inclusion. The reason why I read all those things to you is so that you understood what the University of Wyoming leadership means when they say inclusion. What they mean is that transformative, permanent change that is listed in this document. Back to Wolfson's article. Quote, in September, the University of Wyoming's Multicultural Affairs Center announced a partnership with the LGBTQ advocacy group Wyoming Equality to provide gender-affirming workshops covering a range of topics, including flattening breast tissues and hormone replacement therapy and hormone blockers. The school's United Multicultural Council hosted a drag show on April 22nd in coordination with the school's Shepherd Symposium on Social Justice, end quote. Now you notice that Ed Seidel didn't mention the drag show that was put on on April the 13th. We can only theorize as to why Ed Seidel didn't mention that particular drag show, probably because he was aware of what went on and didn't want the public to know about it. But again, that's just my theory. Wyoming Equality is not just an advocacy group. 
It is a lobbying organization. They have a registered lobbyist with the state of Wyoming. That's former Representative Shelley Duncan, if you wanted to know. Yeah, she was a Republican, too, and now she's the lobbyist for an LGBT group. Interesting, huh? And they weren't just workshops that Wyoming Equality sponsored. Basically, there were classes that were held, again, on the University of Wyoming campus, which means that you at least paid in part for them. It would be interesting to find out if the University of Wyoming is giving any money to Wyoming Equality. Maybe I'll investigate that one here in the near future. Wyoming Equality is involved in numerous LGBTQ events across the state of Wyoming. Its president, Sarah Burlingame, is a former state representative from Cheyenne. She said publicly that she wanted to create an LGBTQ alliance in every single school in the state of Wyoming. And I do mean every school, not just high schools. Elementary, middle schools, and high schools. All of them. In the YouTube presentation, you'll see that program coordinator of gender and sexuality, Tyler Wolfgang, wearing a Wyoming Equality t-shirt. So it's very clear that the University of Wyoming has a very cozy relationship with the lobbying group Wyoming Equality, a relationship that at the very least is completely inappropriate. The University of Wyoming is a publicly funded university, which means that your tax dollars are paying for just about all of this stuff that I've mentioned in this episode. Considering everything that I've told you in this broadcast, at the very least, President Seidel has a number of questions that he needs to answer. Not the least of which is why he allowed that drag show on the University of Wyoming campus in the first place. And I have to tell you, my friends, all of them are questions that I would just love to ask him. In the end, though, now you know exactly what the University of Wyoming has been doing with your tax dollars, with the tuition money that you paid so that your children and grandchildren could attend the University of Wyoming. They're sponsoring profane drag shows under the guise of inclusivity and diversity, a mission that they seem to have wholeheartedly adopted. They want to change the course of the university in favor of one that is targeted towards gender, gender identity, and sexuality. I'm sure that's exactly what Wyoming's founders had in mind when they set up the university in the first place. Don't forget to check out the YouTube video that I made to accompany this episode of the broadcast. In it, you'll be able to see what's happening at the university for yourself. Maybe you'll think twice about writing that donation check next time. Well, that'll do it for today's broadcast. Have a good rest of your week, and we'll talk again tomorrow during the live episode, which begins at 10 a.m. You can find the link at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. But for now, from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics. <laughs>